All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Positive Friday continues on. Welcome back. Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live and Orders Nation YouTube is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Lots of games going on tonight, of course, uh, on the weekend. Hey, if you're into F1, final uh, race of the F1 season, you have uh, NFL games on Sunday. Uh, no CFL for a while. Of course, the uh, Grey Cup last weekend. Uh, lots of NCAA can uh, do it all. Lots of NBA as well. Play Alberta. Stay within your limits. Use your game sense. Go to gamesense.ab.ca. We are joined uh, in studio now by our regular Friday uh, contributor. She is, of course, the uh, co-host on the uh, Kevin Carey Show every Monday here on Sports 1440. Uh, two-time Olympic uh, gold medalist, uh, Lori Ann Munzer, joins us. Uh, Lori Ann, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. Happy Friday, Jason. Yeah, it's, uh, hey, it's positive Friday. It's how nice. You, how you doing? Oh, well, you know what? Uh uh, when I look in the mirror, you know, I'm great till I look in the mirror and I realize it's only been two weeks. So that's the, uh, you know, that's, that's the pain of, uh, of knowing. So a uh, hat and toque. Thankfully it's winter time. So I can wear a toque and no one ever questions why. So, nice. um, you know, all my friends are like, why are you wearing a hat? And I'm like, zip it. So, uh, there you go. But uh, I want to talk today because, um, you of course work with a lot of athletes, you yourself, you know, and anytime you're an, an athlete, I don't care who you are, you deal with adversity. The best of the best. It's not just like this easy road to successville and everything's do to do escalator up all the time, right? Some people have maybe an easier path than others, although they work super hard when no one ever sees them, but lots of young athletes. And I think in lots of sports, not always, but in, in many cases, are some of the best players on their team. So they have lots of success early on. You know, if they're a goalie, they get lots of saves. If they're a, a, a goal scorer, they're probably scoring lots of goals early on. You know, if they're hockey players, well, you know, basketball, whatever it is, they're normally one of the better athletes. That's just how it goes. But then as you, the, the older you get and the higher level you go to, well, the competition increases. And there's lots of kids now that are similar to you that have always had success. And... 
there's lots of athletes who they have that first kind of bumpy road or maybe they get cut from a team or maybe suddenly now they're not the go-to guy or girl on the squad and it's hard. So dealing with adversity, I, I think people, you know, no, no one ever wants their child to deal with adver- to have adversity, but it's actually good for them, I believe. So um, where do you come out on adversity, number one? And do you think you can teach someone how to handle adversity? Oh, those are good, really good questions. A couple of things. Um, adversity is healthy. Everybody's going to go through adversity. You, me, everybody in the studio, all the listeners. And it's going to come down to what do you do with it? And you've got two choices. Either you can take it as a learning experience yeah. or it's going to sink you. And you may never recover. And it always makes me sad when I see an athlete or a person who had an obstacle, who had something happen, a challenge, and they just went, I'm done. And they take their hat off and they throw it in. And it's like, I'm done. And sometimes the environment around us will lead us to make that choice. Whereas you see another athlete that goes, not again. And they come out of it stronger, better, faster, more prepared. And sometimes, Jason, sometimes what it is is not knowing. Yeah. It's just they've never experienced it before, right? And it's in every area. It's at work. It's relationships. Your first love can become your first crush. You know, um, one of my best longtime friends, he's, he's with his high school sweetheart. They've been together forever. And But it doesn't always work out like that. You don't win every game. But the question is, you learn from every game, and what are you going to do with it? Can you teach it? Yes and no. I think it's called prepare for it. There is the term become comfortable being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? And... So that would maybe fall in a similar category or different. And so when you work with athletes, and not just athletes, because I think you could just work with everyday people, and right, you don't have to be an athlete to deal with adversity, right? Like oh, you could be in your personal life, it could be in your home life, it could be in your work life. There's lots of areas, and I, so this is for everybody. It's not just for athletes. And and you know, sometimes you got to be uncomfortable at work. You have to have an uncomfortable conversation with someone, right? And you're. you're you can't avoid it, right? A lot, no, but very few people like confrontation, right? They're just like, oh, geez, if I can avoid it, I'll do it at all costs, right? We do everything to avoid oh, it. Oh, like, I, like, like, it doesn't, I've never been like, it's funny. My wife and I are very opposite that way. I don't mind having a, a conversation about whatever. And my wife will, you know what? Like, she's Miss Harmony. She will try to avoid it at all costs. And she's getting, we've had conversations. I have to learn that that's her personality. So she learns mine. And so you work together. But, you know, she, even when you do it more, all of a sudden you're like, like, hey, I had the conversation. Yeah, I was uncomfortable, but I survived, right? Like, is learning that, you know, like you're not going to fail. Like, it's sometimes I think confrontation is similar to dealing with failure, right? You want to avoid it at all costs. Well, there's one or the other. Either you win or you lose. And we associate losing with failing. And it's, it's a really messed up definition. It's a messed up word. And I think it should be just eliminated is just what are you learning? It's learning or you're growing. And having a conversation, a difficult conversation with somebody, you're stretching, especially if if you don't like doing that. And you're going to learn so much more. And it, it comes down to perspective, 
right? What perspective do you have? What perspective do I have? What do our partners have? And it's like we could be similar, but we could be as different as day and night. Like I wore a black shirt in and I'm going, I looked at the score before jumping in here with you. And I'm like, for nothing. I'm like, I'm going to wear a black shirt all the time when the Oilers play. Are you a superstitious person? Um... For certain things, yes. <laughs> I have certain traditions. We okay. talked about that. The left well, foot goes yeah. in the shoe. The okay. right foot goes in. All right. So you'll and wear a black shirt on the game on Sundays while you're talking. Absolutely. Me. All right. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. But it's your perception. It's your perspective. And it's just that's the way it is. So now, <clears throat> I don't know if you can prepare. Like maybe you can help prepare someone for the eventual adversity that you're going to have right that, that maybe maybe you can do that so what are some things for people and maybe even parents how can they help their children deal with adversity after it's happened well i think number one talk about let the actually let them talk about what the experience was take them through because if you don't get it out they're going to be talking about it everywhere with everybody. Okay. And then perception or perspective, what are two different things you could have done? Hmm. I would probably say come up with five, but let's start with one or two. Sure. Because if you can't do five, you're never going to do one. Right. But let's get you on the map. Okay, if there was a situation, maybe your power play wasn't great, what are two options? What what could you be doing? If your goaltending isn't great, what are two options? Do you need more practice time? Do you need to be screened more often? And In have, practice, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and have two pucks coming at you. Like, I, I don't know. What are what are some possibilities? If, if you made that one component or one section into a drill, how would you do it? And you put them into the coaching perspective of going, okay, bird's eye view, 30,000 feet, you're looking in on what happened, stop the film, rewind it, and play it out two different ways. You can have your left hand playing, you can play it right hand. Switch the sticks, what would you do? How, how, would, you, how would you play it out if you could do it again? And sometimes you have to see it twice in your mind before you go, oh, well, if they do this, I could do that. But if they do that, then I could do this. And at least you've got something to counter it with. That's the way, like when I was racing and I explained it to athletes or even business people, how would you do a meeting over again? What would you say different? Would you mm. prepare different? And in sprinting, one time you're leading, the other time yeah. you're following. So you have to have three scenarios. But you, you said you're leading once, you're leading twice. What's the third one? Well, when all else fails, what are you going to do? <laughs> and that's where coming up and playing it as a game, okay. it makes it fun for the kids. And then it's like, well, what did you learn? Or what's the lesson? Because there's a, there's a poem called Rules for Being Human. And it's really great. But the problem is we're going to forget them. And you're going to get the same thing over and over and over again until you learn it. You learn how to do... The maneuver, you knew, you know how to deflect the shot, you know how to pass it. That's why we keep doing those drills. Laurieann Munzer joins us. Uh, talk about you know dealing with adversity uh, for kids. We got a few uh, texts coming in on on questions about it. Laurieann, my uh, my son is currently in U uh, sixteen, U seventeen as a first year, and it's a big jump. 
He hasn't scored, and it's really hard. I don't know what to say. What do I? What's the best thing to say, or should I say nothing? I would probably ask him, "What does he want?" And then break it up and move it backwards. So, if the goal is to score, what do you need to do to make that happen? And then. Is there a hole or is it perfect? Does it go down just like a beautiful movie? And I would ask questions. I would be a really great observer. Ask questions. Don't tell. Don't don't give your opinion. Don't tell. Mm -mm. Ask questions. Don't tell. Ask questions. The best coaches ask the greatest questions because then the person who's hearing the questions, they're thinking. Maybe they haven't thought that way. Okay, maybe you have to ask a better question or you have to ask another question and and work through the frustration because it's not going to be easy. And it's just, can you get them to see something you're seeing but they're not doing yet? I, I like how you word that, right? They're not doing yet. And and yeah. sometimes I think coaches and parents, same thing, you know, tomato, tomato, depending on on what you're doing, is you think you're explain like you're explaining it away because you know what you want the end result to be. That's, so it's, that's telling. Yeah. So it sounds like, okay, I need you to forwards. I want you to stay up high. Right? Like that's a very simple thing in, you know, teaching young players. So now what the other and I was like, you know what, my kids aren't getting it. So I sat down with the board and I and I said, draw me a picture where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And lots of them were wrong. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm teaching it wrong. I said, well, I said, what? I said, so why would you want to go there, right? But once I drew yep. a defenseman on the board because they've heard that when I drew the D, I said, this is where the defensemen are now. Where are you supposed to be? Well, I'm supposed to be right there. Boom. But without the D, they didn't. They just see like. The puck, and they're like, oh, I want to go to the puck. Well, and there's a, there's a big, white, open space. Yes. But you made the picture clear for them. Yeah. And it was it was like it was eye-opening for myself because I was like, you have seven kids, and lots of them hear and see things different, mm-hmm. right? So you can say it over and over, right? Like we said, okay, guys, whatever we do in the defensive zone, never go forward on a face-off. Well, the kid wasn't paying close attention, so what does he do on the first face-off? He goes forward. And I'm just like, what the... And I come off and I said, hey, man, what did you go? Well, I thought you said go forward. I said, no, 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 never go forward. Oh, you didn't use the N-word. Yeah. Never use no, never use never. Uh, yeah. But in the, in, the off, in the defensive zone, <laughs> like, I don't want us to go forward, ever. I don't ever want it. Because what happened at this age, the kids aren't strong enough to push it far enough. Yeah. And what they do is they push it right into the slot to the other team. Right. Giveaway. Yeah. So. Yep. But it was it's fascinating learning like I learned lots as a coach about communication. Right. And then I learned that as a parent and a, a guy you said asking questions to the kids. Hey, and now so I had to ask you, is it do you think it'd be good? Because we have this uh I'm a coach. Is it good to ask a single kid the question in the room or would that be putting them on the spot? All depends. All depends. All depends on what the question is. What What is it that you want as the end result? If you're asking a question, is this for one person or everybody? Yeah, that's a, that's that's a tough one. It, like to depends. me, to me, it would be like so. We have a, we have a three P philosophy for my for our team, right? There's three P's, and they each letter stand. I don't want to give it away in case we're, I'm joking, of course. Sir, right? Like there's passing, positioning, and pressure. Very simple things Pass, for young position. players. Yeah, passing. 
positioning, play the right position, and pressure. We want to pressure the puck all over the ice when we can. Those are our three kind of fundamental things. I've got it written down. I've handed out sheets to the kids. So I asked them before the game, what's the three Ps? And I go around the room and I I get one kid to say it. So they all know what it is, but that's an easy one, right? So that would never put... If a kid doesn't know it now, it's game 12, I got a real problem, right? So they would all know it. But if I asked Sarah... Where are you supposed to be in front of everybody? And she doesn't get it right. Well, now she's super embarrassed, right? So I think yeah. that's where but you... The, but then it becomes team. Who can? How, how can you help out your teammate here? Okay, yeah. That's what I would ask because it's a team is we. It's not me. Yeah. So if you don't know the answer, like transparency, raise your hand if you don't know because that's the best thing. Yes. But then bring the team in. The team is strength in numbers and they will help. And just, you know, ask the person next, over, two over, three over. Ask the team to chime in. That's the best thing right there, I believe. Yeah. And that's and the, the last one I have about adversity is because um, dealing with it, actually, I, I believe can any, any sort of struggles, when all of a sudden you realize, oh, my God, like I haven't wilted, I'm not dead, um, here we go, that can actually gain confidence from it. So in your interactions with, with all the athletes when you're working on the mental side of it, how do you frame the benefits of having and failures but not winning, right? Or or having a bad game or an off night or anything. How do you frame it so it becomes a positive? Well, you do the debrief. So how did it go? What did you learn? If you could do something different, two things, maybe three, what what would they be? And what's the learning experience from that? And then from there is how can you take this so you can use it next race, next game, next event to an outcome that you want? And have you even thought of the outcome? Because I would even go back further going, what was your intention for that event or that race or that heat? Did you even set an intention or did you just go, oh, I'm late. I'm behind time. Throw all your equipment on, get on the ice and then just go. You you got to stop and pause and think about what am I doing here? What's the outcome that I want to be? And then am I all in? Am I all in 100? I'm going to go 110 percent. It's impossible to do 110. But are you willing to pay the price? Because you can go further than you think. Look at the Navy SEALs right? You think you're at the end and those guys go even further. What's the difference? It's the mindset. It's what they're thinking and they are, they're all in beyond all in. And you don't have to, to do that or, or go that far, but are you willing to put what you got on the line? That's Uh, what I think it comes down to. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair for sure. Lorianne, great stuff. I appreciate the conversation. Good talking with you. As uh, Lori Ann Munzer joins us uh, every Friday on Sports 1440 Live in Owners Nation. YouTube, uh, we will come back. Uh, coming up, we got lots of text to get to. Uh, Edmonton Oilers, hey, they're not going to go winless. They're not going winless on the four-game road trip. Uh, it, uh, remember, they had won three in a row going on the road trip. Uh, you're thinking, hey, this could be a good time, but uh, three consecutive losses. They needed a win today, and uh, it looks like they will have a victory that is uh, coming up next on the Gregor Show on Sports 1440 Live and Owners Nation YouTube. Positive Friday. Welcome back. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley, 
with you on Sports 1440, live on Oilers Nation YouTube, where uh, Oilers fans will be having a positive Friday. All right. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are a few minutes away from uh, getting a victory. They're first on this road trip. They are uh, currently leading 5-zip. And uh, really the only thing is, uh, will guys like Brown or McLeod, can they get out there? Sh- could McLeod hit the net? Oh, my goodness. That chance he had in the first period after they went up one nothing, like just misses the net on some of his best chances. That's that's what's killing him. So and uh, you know Connor Brown, uh, you know if it's against his former team, we'll see if he can uh, get a sniff here uh, down the stretch as the orders will uh, take the victory, uh, much needed, and uh, they fly back. Uh, they'll be home later tonight, and then of course they take on the Anaheim Ducks on Sunday. And honestly, at this point in the season, when I look at the orders, I view that game as a must-win game. Honestly, that's one of the teams they're chasing in the wild card race. You know, I think Anaheim is eventually going to you know come back down to earth if they already haven't, but still, they're ahead of you. You got to beat them because then you play Vegas and Winnipeg, two teams that are playing quite well, much harder. So. I look at that Anaheim game. Uh, you got to build off. You you can't take this game and then just kind of do nothing after it. You gotta you gotta be able to build off of this. And and I think the key thing would be again. Hey, look, yeah, they got some goals. Their power play showed up in the second period, but most importantly, they did not beat themselves defensively. They made way more good, smart, safe plays defensively than risky plays. And uh, to me, that's the uh, the biggest difference today, for sure. So uh, we'll see where it goes from here. We'll, we'll have all sorts of uh, post-game reaction right here. Uh, Wanya Gretz will join us, Craig Button. Um, we'll get to uh, Spec. We'll get in the room. We'll hear from the uh, uh, the coaches and, and a few of the players as well. Uh, the out-of-town scoreboard, interesting. Uh, Leaf fans probably won't be happy. Toronto had a 3-1 lead and then uh, blew it. As uh, Dickinson scored his second and third goals of the game, fifth and sixth of the season, both unassisted. He scored 15 seconds into the third period. And then Kevin Korchinski, the rookie, for the Seattle, former Seattle Thunderbird from Bedard and Kurashev with 30 seconds to go in overtime for the win for Chicago. So uh, that is uh, not an ideal first game back for the uh, the Maple Leafs after, of course, uh, they played two games in, in basically two weeks because you fly over to uh, Sweden, then you come home. Um, Detroit, though, they were over there, and uh, they come back and they get their first victory uh, since returning, uh, 5-2 over Boston. Uh, the Rangers continue to roll 3-1 over Philly. And uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, winners of two in a row. <laughs> Break up the Jackets. Uh, also, Nashville, an offensive uh, extravaganza for them as uh, they lead St. Louis 8 to three, the uh, LA Kings continue to roll. They're up on the Ducks, four to one. So, um, we got lots of text flying in eight three three four zero one fourteen forty in our Jiffy Lube inbox. And guys, at what point do you think the orders have to pull the trigger on a goalie? And what's the best move? Well, sadly, I don't see a best move. Right? I, I think order fans have to be realistic about if you want to trade Jack Campbell. I think some people just don't understand the cost. Honestly, Jack Campbell has three years after this year. You got to remember, this season is only coming up on the quarter mark. Okay? He's still owed three quarters of his salary from this season. Right? That's a, that's a lot. 
So, uh, Campbell, let me, because uh, I'm looking at actual money owed this year, right? Like his cap hit is one thing. I'm talking actual money owed, okay? He was, um, he had a signing bonus, so he got that. So there was basically, he had, um, he had uh, $6 million, was it? But he had $5 million in cash. So you get to a quarter of that. It's one point two five. So he still owed three point seven five, plus the money he's owed of the thirteen point five mil over the next three years. So it's actually over seventeen mil in cash. That's what he's owed people. Never mind the cap hit. That's actual dollars. You think one first rounder is going to be enough to take? No, no chance. There's there's no chance that's realistic. Like that's why it's probably two firsts just to get rid of them. So I can understand. Like the reason the trade hasn't happened is because the owners don't want to do that. Right? You you can't sacrifice two firsts, which are two of your biggest potential trade chips at the deadline for the next few years, and as an organization that feels they should be a team in buyer mode at the deadline, not seller. I know it's been a terrible first eighteen games, but sadly the orders have had terrible stretches like this in each of the last three seasons and still made the playoffs. Okay? It's not ideal to have it at the start. Right? You had well, you did have it at the start defensively anyway. They they managed to win some games. They went eight and seven. Obviously their record combined with their bad defense is what makes this year uh, more challenging for sure. But make no mistake, first fifteen games of that fifty six game season, which is more than a quarter of the year the orders were 27th in goals against. Then you go from December 1st to uh, they went a stretch of 6 weeks, 20 some uh, 20 some games almost where they gave up 4 goals per game. But then you remember last season. They had an ugly stretch. Their first 20 games, they averaged 3.6 goals against. Now, they managed to go 10 and 10, right? That's the difference. But to me, the record is one element. It's more so the play. This team has shown the inconsistencies for long stretches to leak goals defensively. And then they, it's like they decide, oh, okay, I guess, I guess we should show up like they did today against Washington, right? Maybe, now maybe this is the start. We'll see. It's one game. But at some point, there has to be a starting, there has to be a tipping point, right? There's got to be somewhere where you start and you say, okay, you know what? Here we go. So I look at, at the orders and they're, they're still not out of it because of, I don't believe there's, there's that many really tough teams in the West. There's the top six. And then after that, St. Louis, who's getting spanked by Nashville, Calgary, who's up and down. Minnesota's yet to find their game. Seattle isn't that good. Arizona isn't that good. Anaheim's not that good. You can catch those teams. Orders don't need 109 points. They just need 95. Right? That's what they need. So is it possible that they can still get in? Yes. But it's not possible if they don't choose, like they have at other times in the last few years, to finally wake up defensively. Because that's what's killing them. Right Now, their power play, obviously we knew it needed, had to get better, and, and it has here. So, uh, you know, three goals today, which is uh, much needed for their power play. But that's what I see for the Orders. Hey, guys, maybe it's because I picked up and started Charlie Lingard in my pool today. You're welcome, everyone.
from uh, Morgan. <laughs> wow, you started him against the Oilers. Risky. Risky. Washington, when you look at all their underlying numbers, they were due to have a game where they gave up some goals. They were due. Uh, the Oilers' power play was due. I, I can't say you're due to have a good defensive game because I think that's something that's not luck. It's a lot of hard work. And so I look at the orders. Good for them. This is a solid uh, defensive effort. They did give, did not give up very much. Full marks for the win. But now they got to do it again. But eventually they do need another goalie. And I don't believe Calvin Pickard's a guy. So are they going to bring back Jack Campbell? Maybe. But... Like one shutout in the American League, Connor does like. Does that do anything for you? One shutout in the American League. Uh, I mean, it, it's encouraging for sure, especially how the other games had gone. But it doesn't mean I'm considering bringing him back at all. Like you still need to see that two or three more times. I'm not saying shutouts, but good performances where he, you know, he's confident in the net. Uh, maybe the rebound controls better. Uh, you know, the soft ones aren't getting through. So I do think it's encouraging. Happy for him as a person, happy for the team around him. You know, maybe there's a little more belief in him. But in terms of getting back on track at the NHL level, very minimal. We've got to see that a few more times before I think you even consider bringing him back up at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, Connor. The uh, Oiler fans today, the old meme, just when I thought I was out, they suck me back in. That's exactly what uh, what the orders are doing uh, to their fans today, right? With a solid effort, there there's not one area of their game that you would look at and say, you know what, this wasn't good. Penalty kill, perfect. Power play, three goals. Five on five, solid. Goaltending, just what you needed. Didn't have to be great. Didn't let any weak goals. Defensively, didn't leak chances all over the ice. And so you're like, because as I've, we've been saying on the show, I don't, this garbage, ex- stop making excuses for the team. There was no excuse for as poorly as they played. None. People get wanting to make, well, this, well, that. No, no, they didn't play well enough. Full stop. They have enough talent to win consistently in the NHL. And they have enough talent to dominate some teams. Now, you're not going to dominate Carolina, right? You could beat them maybe, but you're not going to dominate them. I understand that. But the Washington Capitals... Look at their lineup. Of course you should be able to dominate them. And they did. I give them a, I give them full marks for that. They did. Hey, Gregor, you should have a poll. Who scores first, Brown or McLeod? And does anyone do it before game 25? Well, I guess the advantage Brown has is he has longer to get to his 25th game than Ryan McLeod. But if you're just talking game 25 for the orders, oof. so that's a goal, one of them in the next six games. So they got Anaheim. Vegas, Winnipeg. Then they have the uh, the little mini break, which is uh, kind of weird. But uh, I, I think I have a, I think I understand why um, there's a, a little bit of an extended break there. Cons um, that that might surprise. I just got. I'm trying to get confirmation. I was uh, doing a little digging, but I, I think uh, there's something that order fans might be like, oh well, okay, I don't mind that. I can understand that. Uh, he's deserving of that. So anyway, they got Anaheim, Vegas at home. Then they're into Winnipeg for uh, for a one-game road trip. Then they're at home for six straight. Carolina, Minnesota, New Jersey. 
Chicago, Tampa, Florida. All at home. Chicago, that's a game you should win. Minnesota, that's a game I think you have to win because that's the team you're battling with. Carolina, Tampa, Florida, you're at home. Got to win two of those. New Jersey, maybe they got Jack Hughes back by then. Makes them a more formidable team for sure. But again, I think that's another one you can win. So we'll see. Um, And uh, Skinner, third career shutout for him. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get to all your post-game thoughts. 833-401-1440 as the text line, the phone line. And, of course, uh, you can comment on Orders Nation YouTube as well. Rodeo clowning felt like an exciting opportunity. Boy, was I ever wrong. The bulls. So predictable. But you know what's exciting and unpredictable? PlayAlberta.ca. I can bet on any sports game, play online casino games anytime, and buy lottery tickets anywhere. PlayAlberta.ca. Go all in on excitement. Sign up today and get over $100 in welcome bonuses. Remember, if you gamble, use your game sense. 344, welcome back. How are you? The Gregor Show on Sports 1440, live on Owners Nation uh, YouTube. As uh, we go in the room, brought to you by... uh, Next Gen Transportation, a heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated. And they have all new platform trailers in and ready for work. So give them a call, nextgentransportation.com. The Edmonton orders, the numbers that order fans, I think, should be most interested in after one period, high danger and chances against zero. After two periods, High danger chances against one. And uh, in the third period, I might have seen one. So I'll get the official stats from it, but uh, it looked like uh, maybe two. And that's the key. Hey, we can talk about the uh, the power play, which is obviously uh, necessary. Uh, you need a good power play. It sure helps. Then you have the fact that this team, when they decide to, can be sound defensively when they decide to, as they did today. So, let's see. Hey, guys, guy I'm playing in fantasy had Skinner on his team. I'll gladly take the hit. Guy in my pool just dropped Thompson to pick up Lingering. This isn't a hockey guy. Have a good weekend from Eric. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, evidently, yeah, he's looking at Charlie Lingering and thinking, oh, because Charlie Lingering was on fire. I did one four, he had one four in a row. But guess what? If you look at all the chances Washington was giving up, it was inevitable. Now, their penalty kill had come in pretty hot, only allowing one goal in their last 11 games. But odds will tell you even that's going to come around. Then it did uh, the Orders power play. Kind of looked like the power play of old. They scored three times in the second period, went three for four in the middle frame. And basically they had a 2 nothing lead built on five on five play and then use their power play to accentuate it, which is good. Hey guys didn't have a chance to watch the game because of course an afternoon game is when we're all at work. How much of this was the orders playing well? And how was Washington not playing well? Um, I'm going to say this was when you don't give up anything defensively, when you're a team that has been, think about how many chances the orders have leaked. This is all about Edmonton. Watch their attention to detail if you record the game. How many times did Edmonton make one of those bonehead passes that has you, you know, yelling at your television screen? 
Because trust me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've done it multiple times this year. Heck, you've done it multiple times in a game. So yeah, it's, uh, to me, this is full marks for the orders. They, they jumped out to a lead and never let up. The shots were 21 to six after the first period. No, this was full marks for the orders. Nothing, uh, I'm not taking anything away from them. Uh, Washington came in. They were playing well. So that's the way I look at it. I, uh, I don't take anything away f- from the orders. Uh, they were full marks for this. So, uh, there you go. And Connor's got the uh, poll. Ooh, this will be a tough one. I'm wondering uh, who scores first, Brown or McLeod? Well, right now, Brown's leading uh, 59% up at uh, Orders Nation YouTube. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, Gregs, do you think now's the time to fire Schwartz? Hashtag, give me a break. (laughs) Um, Hey, like I said before, If people wanted to say, hey, I would just like to have a new voice, I could have understood the rationale in that. You just say, you know what? We've made all these coaching changes. Why not make that change? Okay, fine. However, when they add in the stuff that's factually and statistically incorrect, that's where I'll take issue with it. When they're, oh, goalies leave here, they all got better. I'm like, okay, name one. Well, Miko Koska never played anywhere else. Mike Smith retired. Had some of his best years of his career at 38 and 39 when he had the seventh best save percentage combined over 21 and 22. And you're saying he didn't have good goaltending? Like, you're an idiot to say that. No offense. You're an idiot. You're spreading falsehoods, right? Look at Stuart Skinner. He hasn't gone anywhere. He was a rookie last year. Represented the Pacific of the All-Star team. Was a runner-up at the Calder Trophy. Yeah, he's had a tough start to the season. Oh, like, I don't know. How many other sophomore players? Is Matt Beneers, should they fire the offensive coach in Seattle because Matt Beneers got off to a tough start? You know the guy who won the Rookie of the Year? Like, think about that comment. So then they go to Cam Talbot. I'm like, okay, let's go to Cam Talbot. 
Go look at Captain Talbot's first three years in Edmonton. Very good. Then you go to his fourth year where he only played 31 games and he struggled. Also, it's important to point out that during that season in November, Cam Talbot was looking for a contract extension. They were close, and then Peter Shirelli pulled the contract extension off the table, and it rattled Cam Talbot. Now, you could say that he should be better at it. Fine. But he got rattled. And then they offered a three-year deal to Miko Koskin. <laughs> a four, not, not only a three-year deal, a $4.5 million deal. Right, so Cam Talbot, and oh, by the way, Cam Talbot's save percentage in Edmonton, 913. His career save percentage, 914. And he was only 913 because he had the bad 31 games. Look at his first three years. So any argument there again, prove false. Right? People like to use Victor Fass. Um, uh, who's the backup? Uh, Stolars. Stolars was here for, he played six games. And you think Dustin Schwartz impacted this game? Like, it's such an idiotic conversation. Look at the four guys who played the most time here. Talbot, Smith, Koska. Miko Koska was never an NHL goalie before he got here. First year, everybody saw the struggles. They overplayed him. Wasn't good enough shape. Got in better shape. And then they worked on narrowing his stance and became a serviceable backup. Do you honestly think he could be more than that? Do you honestly believe Miko Koska is is capable of more than that? Mike Smith came here... And, and it actually turned out to be a bargain financially when you look at the numbers he put up for what he got paid. And order fans were like, ah, the goalie sucks. I'm like, because you know what? He would uh, misplay. He would uh, be a little too cocky with his playmaking sometimes, lead to some goals against. Even though he had uh, a 923 save percentage one year and 915 save percentage the other year. For those two seasons, you combine it, he had the seventh best save percentage. But they never had good goaltending. Like, come on, at least be factual and what you have to say. Hey, guys, uh, where do Connor and Leon rank overall after the game? Oh, you're talking points? Oh, I haven't even looked. Um, McDavid's got a long ways to go for, for him. Uh, Drysaddle had uh, three points today, so uh, he would move up. I think he's got now 26, so that would put him in the top 10, depending on what happens with uh, Miko Ranton and later tonight and Braden Point, but that would put him into the... Uh, into the top 10. Uh, McDavid, uh, he's got a ways to go, right? Which is crazy to say for Connor McDavid. But I uh, had a four-point game, so he's now up to 20 points on the uh, season. Uh, Evan Bouchard's at 19. Zach Hyman's at 19. So uh, McDavid's back to kind of, you know, where you'd expect him to be, at least in the orders in the top two in scoring. And uh, 20 points, that would put him uh, around, like he'll probably be tied somewhere between 27th to 30th, give or take, when the end of the day is done because there's still lots of games to be had, so... It's it's a nice sign. Obviously, you want your best players to get their offensive mojo back, right? It helps for sure. But again, it's one game. I get why. Order fans, this is the greatest part about being a fan. Is you can, well, maybe you don't like it, but you ride the emotional roller coaster. Connor Halley does it quite often with his chargers. <laughs> yeah, I do. I right? do. Yeah. And so, order fans... I, this, trust me, how many of you thought you were out? And then a game like this, not only a win, but a 5 nothing convincing win. And you're like, I'm back. They sucked me back in. Of course, because being a fan is fun. You enjoy, as frustrating as it is, it also can be quite fun. Right? So uh, today's a day where it's fun for Oiler fans. And uh, you'd hope it continues against the Ducks on Sunday night.
Uh, Ace 96. Koskinen is way better than the fans understood. He was worth the 4.5. Ace, you, you're dreaming, right? He was worth 4.5 million. Mike Smith made 2 million and Mike Smith had better numbers and people thought Smith wasn't good. What are you talking about? He was worth 4.5 million, dude. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And the great part was he got the contract after like 25 NHL games. Why? That's the thing. They pulled the contract off of the table for Talbot, Peter Shirelli, and then decided, you know what? We're going to give Miko Koskinen four. Like, good for Miko. Like, good for him. I never got mad at him for getting the contract. I would have signed it too. But make no mistake, he never lived up to the contract. He couldn't. It was impossible. But it was an asinine signing. Make no mistake about it. It was a ridiculous signing to do. There was no reason to do it. None. So he had a decent year in 1920. You're right. I think he had a 916, 917 save percent or something like that. But no, it was decent. Hey, guys, I'm not sold yet. Need to see more from this team. First full 60-minute game was nice to see from Jeff. Well, yeah, you got to start somewhere. I would agree with that. They have to start somewhere. As I said um, a few weeks ago, I wouldn't believe the orders are back until I see it for like probably a month of consistent hockey. Now, a month of consistent doesn't mean you dominate every game like they did today. It means that for the majority of that time, they have limited the glaring errors. Because you're not going to reduce them, sorry, not eliminate. You can't eliminate. Every team will make an error every now and then. That happens. Just reduce the ghastly turnovers. Because that's what they've been. Ghastly at times for the Edmonton Orders. And uh, today they finish off the game, even strength. Uh, they they have Washington with uh, four high danger chances. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I didn't see. I didn't see uh, three high danger chances in the third period. I'm sorry. So I uh, um, now maybe, maybe there was one or two I missed because obviously we're doing a live show. So, but from from what I saw, I didn't see many uh, high danger chances. Either way, if you're only giving up four high danger chances, you know you'll be fine. The the orders. Their power play, their their five on five play in the first two periods was solid, right? Especially offensively in the first period. Then you know what? It's up five nothing. You don't need to take massive chances. They had a few chances, but you don't have to take any major chances. There's no reason to. So smart game by the Empton Orders, and uh, now they will fly home, and the, it'll be a much better flight. For them, you fly home on a four game losing streak. My goodness, it'd be the worst flight ever. Now at least they have a win. Uh, they can exhale a little bit, and then they got to be ready to go against the Quackers on Saturday. Take a quick break. When we come back, we have Craig Button, Wanya Gretz in our number three of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live and Owners Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley. Sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. Ooh, the road-ready sales event is on right now. You're feeling good? The order's won. We'll get in $225 off select tires, and you can get an extra $50 bonus when you book any service right now at FountainTire.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 